Your victory, 91.5, Lauren Daigle. It's Reisenstein. What a, what a start to this two-day unpacking of Passover mm-hmm. and Easter as we take a look at Jesus' Bride today on a special Reisenstein. Study your spouse with Ray Haynes. As Leanna and I have been encouraging and challenging people to invite their neighbors and friends and co-workers, even people they don't know, to church this week, your story of that tiny village in Papua New Guinea yeah. and this tribe that didn't speak the language of the missionaries. You know, Papua New Guinea is where Pastor Ashley Evans right. is from, from Influencers Church, and his dad was an influential pastor. Yeah, hundreds of thousands, just a phenomenal impact over there. Hmm. You you look at the population of Papua New Guinea, you look at the population of North Georgia, it's about the same. Yeah. And think of the neighbor who does not know Jesus as speaking a different language. Definitely. And if the Holy Spirit can go into a tribe in Papua New Guinea as, 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 mired in untruth as the tribe was yeah, and break through. Mm-hmm. Imagine an English-speaking neighbor. <laughs> how, how, how God could use that breakthrough in him. I was always amazed as a missionary was telling me his story. I was just thinking, I guess it just reminded me one more time how God goes before us. Because when you mentioned their sacrifice by blood to receive forgiveness, I thought, wow. I mean, they are they are ready to hear about Jesus. And sure enough, right. that is all it took. Because it was like, cha-ching! They've, God went so far, uh-huh. thousands of years before he ever arrived there to tell them, and was prepared for it. Mm-hmm. Our friends who are missionaries in Gwinnett County. They said there are 168 different countries represented within a couple of miles of where they live. Hmm. Yeah. So whether your neighbor speaks English or Spanish or wherever they are from, God has gone before you. We may have 183 countries listening right here in Atlanta. Right. That's the other side of it. So many languages. Hmm. Well, we're talking about practice. We're talking about... (laughs) Not a game. game. (laughs) We're talking about Passover. And today's the first day. We've been talking a lot about the bride. And so we're going to jump in just for uh, just the last two moments of kind of looking at Passover and quick overview. And then tomorrow we're going to delve into every little piece of symbolism. And it's just mind-blowing how God has gone before us to paint this picture Mm -hmm. to say, this is what I want you to see. Don't miss this. And what's really neat, and uh, one of my favorite parts of Passover is, it's the one time of year we have to forget that we're all unique. Passover is never about what someone did back then. It's about what happened to me in Egypt and in the Garden of Eden, etc. Passover isn't a history story. It's a realization that you are in the story, and the story is about you. Mm. There's just one man or woman, and they need a a savior, and that person is you. You need a savior. Nothing else is really relevant. That's right. That's what Passover is about. Now, as you look at the Jews, there are seven feasts. There's four in the spring. You have Passover, which begins tomorrow night at sundown. The Feast of Unleavened Bread begins Saturday night at sundown. First Fruits begins Sunday evening at sundown, Easter Sunday. You might see those events there as all significant mm-hmm. for our uh, celebration of the Easter weekend, and you would be correct. They all have their significance <laughs> there. Uh, Pentecost is 50 days after the first Sabbath after Passover. That'll be May 24th. 
So you have the three in the fall that we did last year, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Tabernacles, or Sukkot. Both Passover and Rosh Hashanah kick off the new year, but they do it six months apart. So I want you to realize this, a Jewish year isn't six months long, it's, it's 12 months. They just have two new years. Why celebrate two new, two new years for each year? Because it's a shadow. There mm. you go. Because we're born mm -hmm. and we're born again. Let's go back to the first thing you said this morning about a foreshadow. You're walking on the street, the sun is behind you, your shadow is the first thing that people will encounter. Yes. But it's not the real you. Yeah. And so you may have been alive for years, even in your case, but you really weren't alive. You hadn't been right. born yet. Sure. Sure. 45 years of just a shadow. So the month is Tishri. And what's interesting is it means to begin, like the garden, and you will forgive. I love the reality that from the very beginning... He's saying, I will forgive. Sure. I mean, the very month they start in, it happens. Both speak, obviously, of the Garden of Eden. Tishri was the first month of the Hebrew calendar here, and it's when we celebrate the fall feasts, Rosh Hashanah, the New Year, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot. So that was Tishri. But 2,454 years after creation, Tishri becomes the seventh month, when God declared the month of Nisan as the new first month, the 14th day of Nisan is Passover, which is now, mm -hmm. when he led the Jews out of Egypt. Both Passover in April and Rosh Hashanah in October kick off a new year. So keep that in mind, because God's all about becoming new. Did not know that. So regardless of the day we're each individually saved, Passover is a day each year we celebrate the grace that was released to make that happen. Mm. So this is also a time where you can go, Happy New Year, for the third time, if you're using the Gregorian calendar like we do, because you have Rosh Hashanah, you have Passover, and you have officially January 1st, New Year. So three New Years in seven months. Who says we don't have a lot to celebrate? So in the same way that Rosh Hashanah celebrates God's creation of Adam, even though both Adam and Eve were created on the sixth day, Passover, with the Feast of Unleavened Bread and First Fruits, is a celebration of, de of the deliverance of Eve and Adam, along with every human being, but specifically Eve. So about 1,550 years after the first Passover, Jesus would come and die on the cross after eating Passover, which was known as the Last Supper for okay. Gentiles, mm -hmm. rise from the dead on the Feast of First Fruits. Mm -hmm. And keep in mind, lots of other graves open too. We'll talk about that. And then he would ascend into heaven to prepare the end of the story, send the Holy Spirit on the Feast of Weeks or Pentecost. So all of these dates, as you have Good Friday and, and Resurrection Sunday, uh, or Easter Sunday, however you look at that, all of those were those Jew Jewish feasts. So Passover celebrates the reality that not that only through death can life come. First Corinthians 15, for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. That's what Passover is. But on Saturday, you have the Feast of Unleavened Bread, right? It's a seven-day feast, and it represents a holy walk. You have no leaven. You have no uh, yeast in your bread. So our sin is removed on the cross, but we must live out the Christian life. So this feast for Christians is built to remind you that it requires something to, to carry on your Christian life, that we're supposed to walk free of sin that's made possible on Passover on the cross. And the verse there is 1 Corinthians 5, Let us therefore keep the feast, 
Not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. That is a standard by which a Christian must live. So long before there was a resurrection day or Easter, Christ was the first fruits. Jesus celebrated the feast of first fruits by rising from the dead on that day, mm. historically. He also gave the Father a first fruits offering on that offering you come out as like a wave offering, right? Mm -hmm. So because Jesus didn't raise himself from the grave alone, it gets a little more exciting there. Matthew 27, at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs plural, broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection, went into the holy city, and appeared to many people. That had to freak a lot of people out. <laughs> I just got to say, is that Moses? For 4,000 years, every descendant of Adam and Eve were, let, were held in Hades, which is also called the, the bosom of Abraham, was what the Jews called it. When they died, that's where they went. <laughs> Each was barred from paradise, just as Adam and Eve were barred from the Garden of Eden, another shadow there. But when Jesus rose, he fulfilled David's prophecy. When you, this is uh, Psalm 68, when you ascended on high, you took many captives. You received gifts from people, even from the rebellious, that you, Lord, might dwell there. So that's what happens that day as he rises from the dead. This, what we look at as Resurrection Sunday is this Feast of First Fruits. And Pentecost occurs 50 days after First Fruits, represents the summer harvest, which is a larger harvest than the First Fruits, but not so large as the fall crops, right? So th check mm -hmm. this out. When Moses delivered the law to Israel, the people had made a golden calf. You remember that? Got that. Very upset moment. The Levites raised up. 3,000 people were killed in Exodus 32. On Pentecost, in the book of Acts, following the resurrection, the same number, 3,000, were saved. Mm. Because the letter kills, the spirit gives life. The shadow, the reality. So these feasts and all the symbols that accompany them are all shadows or types of the real thing. But the bigger question, you can't ever lose sight of. What are we celebrating? And the answer is a wedding. A wedding. So I study your spouse today with studying Jesus' spouse, Jesus' bride with Ray Haynes. This story continues tomorrow morning on Rise and Stein. So make sure you're listening. I was, I was smiling and I'm so excited to talk about the matzah. You have to understand, when Leanna is in a Bible study, when she's in a book study, when she <laughs> means you're in the study, when, when, she, when she is listening to messages, she is very excited and very demonstrative. And I remember during her Beth Moore study, she came running in talking about the leaven, the unleavened bread, right? And the leavened bread and the sin that was uh, represented there, and and I just had to laugh because growing up. And enduring Passover services, yes. <laughs> it was, here's the matzah, and the reason it's flat, it doesn't have leaven, because they were in such a hurry. Yeah. That was it. That's where it ended. They were in a hurry. That was it. No more revelation. That that was all they mm -hmm. had. Uh, I'm in a hurry, too, to eat it. So, so bring it up. Getting this, getting this full picture. gives me great hope that my family will be saved. Amen. It, it does. It does. It doesn't make me upset that they don't have this. Right. It gives me great hope. It shows you how far God goes 
to win us, to rescue, to redeem, to love us. He's so far ahead of us, so far ahead of us. <laughs> and we just get to look, a little glimpse of the shadow here and there and go, there he goes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I'm sure you're wondering, I didn't get all this this morning. I, I only caught the last part, or I've been listening all morning and I've got to hear it again, or I've got to share it with somebody. In less than five minutes, this will all be posted at the Victory Facebook page, Risenstein mm -hmm. on Facebook, Risenstein on Twitter, and who knows where else it will be. <laughs> Share it with your friends. Ray's notes will be along with all of the audio segments from this morning on Risenstein.